Welcome to The Radical Bureaucrat, a podcast for people who want to change institutions from the inside. I'm Sam Rosaldo, and I believe that good government matters, like, a lot. Yeah, me too. I'm Abram Guerra, and I believe that complicated problems never have simple solutions. Oh, me too. If you work in a bureaucracy like we do, or if you care about bureaucracies, then I think you'll get a lot out of our podcast. The Radical Bureaucrat. All right. I'm very excited about today. Today is our uh, attempt at making an introductory episode. So this will be episode one. Now we've recorded a handful of episodes already, and we've done that because this whole thing is a terrifying experiment for us. We have no idea what That's we're doing. Right. Um, so uh, we, we've gotten a little feedback from some friends. Shout out to all the friends that have given us feedback. Woo-hoo. Um, and uh, we decided that we really need an introductory episode to kind of like ground people in what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? That's right. Uh- So uh, the podcast title is The Radical Bureaucrat, and we've known for a long time that that's what it was going to be. And I wonder if we shouldn't start there. Like, where did this idea of a radical bureaucrat came from? And and unfortunately for me, I can't really take credit for it, I guess. I don't don't really get to claim it um, because it was Sam that asked me about doing this podcast. So where did the idea come from, Sam? In fairness, you get to claim credit for a lot of other things that we'll get to. But I make good coffee. That's the... (laughs) So I've worked in a central office in the New York City Department of Education for 10 years now. And the idea came to me probably about, I don't know, five, six years ago, something like that, because I I looked up and realized that for my first three or four years in that role, I had been so focused on doing my job description really well that I wasn't thinking about some of the ideas that really mattered to me. Hmm. And, and I'm talking about ideas related to social justice and systemic change. So to give a little bit more context, my, my job currently is about supporting students who are returning from incarcerated settings and going back to school. That's important work. And that is aligned with my values of serving uh, really the most marginalized people in our society. I mean, that's why you took the job in the first place was because it aligned. Yeah, absolutely. And yet, just doing my job description kind of amazingly like i really wasn't having a lot of conversation or almost any conversations about race Mm -hmm. we weren't talking very much about like the school to prison pipeline Mm -hmm. pipeline writ large yeah we weren't talking about poverty Mm -hmm. we weren't talking about some of these societal issues that if they didn't change then the work wasn't going to change. Yeah, there's this great story that people tell sometimes. I, I wish I knew where it came from, but there's a story that I think I first heard it from uh, Michelle Alexander in a talk. Michelle Alexander, who wrote The New Jim Crow. And she said, if you were walking ar- along a river and you saw a baby crying floating down the river, you would like jump in the river and like try to like get yeah. the baby before something terrible happened. Um, if as soon as you got out you know, and you sort of like, you know, comforted the baby or whatever, you saw another baby in the river, you, you would be like, oh my gosh. And you'd jump in the river again to try to save Mm -hmm. the baby. After how many babies in the river do you start wondering to yourself, who 
on earth is throwing babies in this river like <laughs> why are there babies in yeah. this river that doesn't make any sense so like you can be downstream of those root causes and be like working on making sure as few babies like escape the notice of people who are trying to fish them out of the river this is a really like morbid analogy yeah. or you could like go up river and be like hey like stop what are you doing like yeah. you can't do this yeah it's funny though too because for some people it is enough to fish the babies out of the river and fishing the I mean, babies out important. of the river is, it's, it's so important it's critical it's super critical and there's another story that I'm not going to tell but you might have heard it about throwing starfish back into the ocean have uh, you heard this story I think I have yeah and that that's a story about like hey every starfish matters mm -hmm. and takes yeah. it the completely other lesson right. away which is it's important and and when you work in a bureaucracy like the babies the starfish they're there every day right. and i do believe when i say in the introduction to this podcast that good government matters i'm talking about if yeah, somebody the daily management of those yeah. effects and, yeah. and it's one of the great things i've learned in where i work in district 79 is that when someone reaches out with a student who's got a situation like everything stops mm -hmm. you know you don't mess around with that you, you respond to that email right away you call that person back you give them your best service and you try to get the best solution possible as quickly as possible so there are those fires that need to be put out and yet there was something that was missing for me i i, I wanted to think about these broader issues mm -hmm. so you're doing your job yeah you're, you're you're trying to like m make as much uh make as much good happen at that downstream place as possible and then you realize that you're like not really talking or thinking about these like yeah. root causes or st system or structure type issues yeah. and it took me a few years of thinking about that and trying to find ways to insert those other things into my job which is still a real struggle um because obviously like we're told to do our job description right. we're not told to go outside our job it's description. almost as if somebody made these job descriptions so Here that comes. you wouldn't ever think <laughs> about these things. Yep, yep, yep. Hmm. So, so there it is. I mean, I don't think that bureaucracy is evil, and yeah, yet, me neither. and yet, bureaucracy can be set up to push you to do some fairly narrow, potentially even evil things. And uh, there are a lot of people who see bureaucracy as purely evil. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to combine these notions that that, that was the, the, the genesis really. Mm -hmm. And how, how do I do, how do I do the good work of putting out fires, saving babies, throwing starfish back in the ocean at the same time, also thinking more broadly about the system. So why these two words, radical bureaucrat, and why is it that radical bureaucrat feels a little bit like an oxymoron? Like it doesn't right. really, it's two words that don't really go together. So, uh, so maybe we should start with radical. Yeah. I have a, you know, I was thinking about radical, uh, in preparation for this podcast when I was in like second or third grade, my best friend and I formed a rock group called the radicals. And so <laughs> radical has always had like a, 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 you know, a rock and roll kind of connotation. Yeah. Sexiness, a little romanticism okay. to the notion. Um, radical, the dictionary definition is about affecting fundamental change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so you have on the one hand, the oxy it is an oxymoron it's the it's the notion of i want to affect fundamental change and yet i'm also working to in the bureaucracy yeah i want to i want to sit a little bit on radical though because so my first exposure to radical 
was probably Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles, mm-hmm. turtles in a half shell. Turtle power. I think actually it was Heroes in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. Um, I actually memorized the, uh, the, 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 all the words from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Um, it's a fun fact about me. Um, so, so Radical was like a thing. I grew up in L.A. Radical was like a thing that was in the lexicon. And it was in the lexicon from a generation before me. And we didn't right. really say that too much in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, but there was this sense that radical meant you were like in the sewer solving crimes mm. like the Ninja Turtles. Like mm-hmm. that, that was what radical meant. It meant you were underground. Yeah. Um, so you didn't think I was going to get deep with the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> did you? So later on, I think I was exposed to this concept of radical at church. So I joined a, 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 a church group in college. And one of the big things that we talked about a lot was that like, following Jesus, Christianity was a very like mainstream thing and could convert Mm. you into this very like well-behaved, normal square. And that was really not my style or my thing. I grew up in a neighborhood. I went to a couple of colleges where, you know, that was not really what, what people were. People were individual people, people had their own voice. People were trying to like fight their way out of these like systems and structures that you're talking about. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the, the community college that I went to East Los Angeles college is where like the Brown Berets marched Mm -hmm. in the, in the sixties and seventies, the, the, the Cal State LA, the, the undergrad school I went to was where the Chicana studies sort of movement and curriculum sort of was born. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's this strong thread of like radicalness, um, that, that I was steeped in. And so joining this church group and becoming like a church person was not, what I was going to do. Mm. Um, but then we would talk about this idea of radical and how radical it was to say, you should love your enemy. How radical it was to say that you should give up everything, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. That like, actually the stuff that's in there is pretty radical and pretty not what mm-hmm. America thinks of as what's in there. It's more like a be nice to folks who, and like, uh, you know, attend services every Sunday is sort of the model of American Christianity. Um, and so this idea of radical is actually something when you told me about the idea is actually something that like really spoke mm. to me on a deep level, because like the idea of, uh, of a radical of a countercultural, a counter example, um, is something that I sort of have, uh, for, for better or worse has sort of been living my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for me, like like I said, my first exposure was in this rock group that it was my friend who's a year older, Will. Shout out to Will. Shout out to Will. And maybe he's listening out in Oregon. And, uh, and I didn't know what it meant. He just thought it was a cool word. And one of the things that we'll talk more about in the season as well is just the values associated with it. Because radical in and of itself, strictly speaking, is about fundamental change. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean something good or just. But when mm. we say radical, there, there is a connotation for us in that we're pushing against uh, what we see as some fundamental inequities. Right. And, and we're pushing for justice and equity. And so that's not necessarily, again, like the definition of radical, but it is part of what we're talking about when we talk about radical bureaucrat. So what about the bureaucrat one, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, uh, that's what remains. So, 
Um, I, I actually love um, word histories. I studied English in college and focused a little bit on um, uh, sort of classics, quote unquote, in their original languages. And so I'm a big nerd about like linguistics and word origins, and I'm sure that will come out and people will be annoyed over the next several weeks and months. Guaranteed. Um, Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, so bureaucrat. Bureaucrat comes from this French word, bureau, right? Which is why you can't spell it. Right. <laughs> like every time I type radical bureaucrat, I'm like, how do I spell it again? Um, and bureau is the word for desk. It's a word for a place where somebody sits and works. And the metaphor of the desk or the office is actually a very, very old one. Ex officio is this idea that comes out of the Romans. Uh, and officio is the place where the person who has authority sits and makes decisions. And so when we have in our organizations an office of XYZ, um, that's what it means. It means there's a, a, a origin of authority. The office, mm -hmm. the desk is an origin of authority. Um, and so what happens as you build empires and you scale um, is that that authority, you have no choice but to sort of distribute that authority because one person cannot make a million decisions in a day. The brain just doesn't accommodate that much effort. Um, and so what you do is you create a hierarchy of offices. You create a hierarchy of desks, of bureaus. And that hierarchy of bureaus has to be occupied by somebody. And to ensure that the people who are all the way at the top get, make sure that the kinds of decisions they want to make are made throughout the empire, the bureaucracy, um, they have to put people in place who at least have some foundational views that are the same as them and who have uh, some starting point, some minimum of like training or education that puts them there. This is why we think of college as being the sort of entry level into sort of management or any kind of authority in an organization. Like you really have to have a college degree for that because the way that the system is designed, we wanna make sure people have a minimum baseline of stuff that is interchangeable. And like, that's why we sit in one size spits all classrooms and we train people to be agents of the bureaucracy because the, the system was invented, the education system was invented during the period of the British empire where they needed somebody to be able to go to India and occupy an office. And, and if that person got sick or died, they'd have to replace them. Um, and this is a really interesting Ted talk by Ken Robinson, where he like, he talks mm -hmm. about this idea of like this, the sort of origins and structure of education. So. You have these desks, these bureaus that are kind of like scattered in this like elaborate hierarchy um, to maintain control. And the other thing that you need for a bureaucracy to work is you need rules. Mm -hmm. You need to define the terms of the game for all those people making decisions. They need to make decisions according to certain rules. And the word for those rules is policy. Mm -hmm. Policy is the set of rules that an anonymous employee, bureaucrat, office, <laughs> source of authority can use to enforce the will of the designers of the organization. So when um, Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, says that we are not going to um, require you to purchase something in order to use the bathroom at Starbucks, that's policy. Mm -hmm. Now, policy doesn't always make its way down to the ground level. Sometimes mm -hmm. people come into a Starbucks and for one reason or another, they're not perceived as being welcome there or allowed into the bathroom, right? Yeah. They're perceived as needing to buy something to legitimize their presence, right? Yeah. Um, and so bureaucracies turn into this 
strange uh, method for distributed decision making where there's a lot of chaos yeah. and a lot of decision making happening at a lower level that can lead to extremely undesirable circumstances either undesirable in that they create justice, which is not the intention of the system in the first place, right. or undesirable in that they create injustice and scandal, which is definitely not what the system wants because it wants to maintain itself. Yeah. Um, injustice, maybe scandal, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so it's, yeah. And it really is scandal that bureaucracy is meant to suppress. Right. And in some ways, the claim would be that neither justice nor injustice is the intention of the bureaucracy. Wait, wait, wait. Neither injustice yeah, nor injustice. That justice is not a relevant uh, element of the bureaucracy. Efficiency and delivery of service is the, is the purpose of the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is when you have a foundation of problematic and unjust ideas, right. you end up executing efficiently against an unjust program. Yep. I really, I, I really love it when Abram explains concepts and words. It's just nice to listen to. Sometimes I have to go back and listen again to like really absorb <laughs> I've had, it. I've had a few people get, put that on the feedback. I had to listen to that a couple times. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get it. But that's okay. That's it's, you know, I, I think it's great. And if I like it, I hope you all like it. If you like it, you'll come back. Um, part of what you're talking about in, in bureaucracy is where does power lie in the bureaucracy? Yep. And both of us come to this as essentially mid-level bureaucrats, right? We're, we both um, either manage or have some management experience, but also certainly are managed and our managers have managers and our managers, managers have managers. Um, and so we, we explore this question of where does power lie and how much power do we have? Uh, there's a, a concept called practical authority that we've learned about a little bit through this process and about how much, how much authority does somebody in the middle have? And, and there is a certain level of authority. Now, leadership matters and people on the ground matter. Everybody has a role to play. Yeah. Uh, leadership matters a lot. Like a lot, like, a lot, like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're going to come back to leadership a ton. Yes. In this podcast. Absolutely. It's, it's unavoidable, but at the same time, this is a podcast for the vast majority of people like us who are working in government or large institutions of any kind and are somewhere in the middle. Not yeah. everybody can be the CEO. Right. And we think that matters. Like a lot. Like a lot. So there's a few different audiences that we're thinking about. But I think as as even as I was sort of talking about choosing this sort of medium of podcast is sort of about the sort of younger generations. Mm -hmm. um, we, we realized as we were doing the feedback that like there are some people for whom just hearing people talk about this is huge yeah uh and is and is really meaningful yeah yeah so shout out to patrick uh we love you patrick yeah i mean it was the the most affirming feedback because like abram said we had a little dinner we got some people together to, to listen and give us feedback and and patrick is a young guy who who works in the doe and he who would, also has a podcast which we'll, which we'll link to three educated brothers um b-r-o-t-h-a-s Mm -hmm. And um, he talked about how affirming it was to hear people grappling with some of the issues and questions right. that he struggles with all the time in his current work. So again, doing great work for a unit within the DOE and yet still struggling 
with some of these big issues, some of these big issues. And so to hear him say, uh, oh, someone else is dealing with this. Someone else is thinking about this. This is so affirming. So H Hannah Arendt, who is this academic, I think, in, mm -hmm. in uh, um, Nazi Germany, wrote this somewhat conceptual work um, about the origins of totalitarianism, sort of reflecting on what she saw in, in Nazi Germany. And one of the things that she said was that fascism is organized loneliness, that the way in which we lose our power as a, as a nation, as people, is that we're organized into the feeling that we're alone and that nobody else cares about or thinks about the things that we think are wrong. There's a lot of things that are wrong. That's, that's just the reality. None of us invented the things that are wrong. They just are. But the, probably the most important thing we learned from Patrick was that the feeling of not being alone is probably the biggest value add of what we're doing. That's right. So we're here for you. You're not alone. Yeah. It's a Michael Jackson plug right there. <laughs> I think uh, there's probably two other things we want to cover before we wrap up this introductory episode. Just a little bit more about ourselves and a little bit more about what we're going to cover in this season. So I mentioned already, I'm just going to give the quick bio, right? I, I've worked in, in my current role for 10 years, but before that I was a teacher. I taught uh, social studies in the South Bronx and I taught second grade in, uh, in LA. Um, I was a 1999 Teach for America Corps member, which is something that will come up a little bit in the podcast. And that, you know, I obviously, maybe not obviously, but I, I do have mixed feelings about the institution. Um, and TFA stands for Teach for America. If you don't know what Teach for America is, we'll explain it later. Yep. And, and in between, I actually had some other government experience where I was uh, an analyst in the city government in Washington, D.C. I'm also uh, a parent of two boys and a husband, and I live in Harlem. And, um, and my boys go to public school. And uh, part of what brings me and a Abram together is not only that we both work for the New York City Department of Education in different offices, but still this the same large bureaucracy, but we also are both advocates for integrating uh, the school system in a, in a very real way, which maybe we'll get into at some point. Yeah, um, integrating and desegregating. Yeah. Um, so I uh, am just a disruptive kid from East LA uh, who by a few turns of fate ended up um, being able to get an MBA and a and a and a and a couple other things from uh, one of these East Coast institutions, and then you know had the privilege of being able to do work in startups and and have a little bit of money to do that, so that I didn't have to starve. Um, and uh, and then because my wife wanted to go to grad school, we we moved to New York City, and since moving to New York City, largely I think a lot of my uh, sense of urgency around like activism and social change and and organizing has uh, has really like ramped up um, and I think I'm I'm sort of always like treading this line between you know I have a job and I have a job in which I have a public trust and it's very important to me that I don't compromise the public trust um, because of my own agenda 
Um, but at the same time, just because I have that job and I, and I execute this public trust doesn't mean that I can't have a podcast. It doesn't mean that I can't um, have opinions about, about uh, how things ought to change. Um, and so even as you mentioned that like, oh yeah, Sam and I are both involved in, in efforts to sort of desegregate the schools in New York City, that is a controversial topic in New York City. Mm -hmm. It's not a popular idea in some circles that we should like have racial or socioeconomic integration. Um, although people will say that they're for it right. um, when it comes down to their own kid and which school they right. go to, um, it can get very heated um, and has gotten very heated over the last few years in New York City. And so, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just gonna live into the fact that I'm this disruptive kid and if I get sent to the principal's office, then it won't be the first time um, and hopefully the principal will sort of see um, whoever the principal is in my metaphor. Like, I don't really know who that is, but right. hopefully they'll see that, like, it's it's really all about um, the people that we serve. It's really all about, ultimately about the children uh, whose future we're sort of actively building, right? We're, yeah. we're not only building it in terms of the way that we educate children in the classroom, but we're also building a society that they're going to live in longer than we are. Um, I think you're, you're bringing up something that a lot of people ask us about, which is like, oh, can you do that? Like, yeah. is, are you taking a risk in, in putting this podcast out? And we have talked about that a lot. And some of what we've talked about, because we work for the government, we work for yep. bureaucracy and we're talking about bureaucracy. First, there's certain lines that we're not going to cross. We're, yeah. we're not going to talk about individuals. Um, we might talk about our personal experiences a little bit, but we're certainly not here to put any individual people on blast. And this just feels like, like Abram said, like we're doing something that we think is for the good. It's in keeping with our values. We have some things to say about it. We don't think we're going to cross any lines. If, if it came to that point, we will find out. Um, but we are pretty comfortable with where we're sitting uh, with the content that we're putting out. And feel free to hit up our comments and say, you guys are crazy. You guys yeah. need to stop this. Yeah. Um, others have already said it, so we're open to every kind of feedback. Yeah. And so then coming up this season, we've talked a little bit already about what you can expect. Uh, we have two formats that we use in this season. One is that is text-based. We, we have some, some articles that we sat down and uh, had a conversation about and that were obviously pertinent to the topic. And then we have some interviews with some pretty fascinating leaders. Pretty cool people, pretty yeah. Cool, pretty cool people arranged. Um, and in those interviews, we've talked about some of the themes that come up again and again already. Uh, there's a lot of metaphors that we've gotten into already talking mm -hmm. about desks and yeah. things like this. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if you, you want to touch on some of the themes that are coming. Yeah. Up. I mean, I think we, we mentioned a little bit already this idea of leadership, of, of organizing communities, of figuring out how to navigate change from the middle. Um, I think this idea of like democracy and like what these institutions are really for, um, both in the sense of like what we want them to be really for, as well as in the sense of like what they're kind of really for. Um, so I, you know, I, I think those of you uh, who are listening to this who have sort of had thoughts and feelings about like what these institutions are for or who they're for, I think you'll enjoy the podcast. Um, I think we try to examine very critically um, while also owning the fact that like, 
you know, we've, this is the system we've got. These are the institutions that we've got. Um, I think a part of, uh, I guess I'm, I'm going back to the meta and not cataloging themes, but like a part of what we're trying to do with this podcast is try to imagine what the institutions should be, because that is a part of the work. Like we can't just end all institutions tomorrow. Like the kids got to go to school somewhere. Right. And so like, what do we do? Right. Like we have to build and imagine and build some more the institutions that we need. Um, and and we have to do that in a way where like no harm is done to the people who are relying on us, um, you know, for their for their security and stability and, and um, ability to live their lives. Yeah. So let's wrap up and we'll wrap up in the way that we intend to wrap up all the episodes for the first season. And we may change this if you hate it and we may keep it, uh, whether or not you hate it because we like it. So part of being a good radical is always learning. So Abram, what's one thing that you learned or are taking away from this conversation today? I learned that the radicals is an excellent, excellent band name. <laughs> that video exists out there somewhere. <laughs> track down. Well, uh, we've got to track that down. Um, I think I learned that, um, I guess I relearned something that I already knew, which is that everything this is a, a Steve jobs quote. I like quotes. That's another thing that'll come out. I think yeah. it's a Steve jobs quote that everything, uh, that's been, uh, everything that you think of as life was made up by people who are no smarter than you. So I think like embarking on this podcast thing and figuring out like, what are we talking about exactly? And like, how are we gonna, and then getting the feedback and then realizing we really need to do like a first episode, like, this is how it's done. Like there isn't another way. You just have to do it and like you'll figure it out. Um, and I think that's a really kind of empowering takeaway that like, you know, we are enough to like do these kinds of things that we think only special uh, celebrity style people are able to do. I love that. So one thing I'm taking away, uh, we were talking about before we started taping about acting with love when you're within the institution. And Abram, I love you, man. <laughs> I do. Like I'm taking it without a way. Like and and I. It's funny because I think about how our uh, friendship and working relationship has developed since I first met you, which was not that long ago. I mean, I don't know. Within the last two years, I want to say. Um, and our lives just keep intersecting on different uh -huh. levels. You know, it's like it. So much of this seems faded. And uh, and. I just, the more I work with you, the more I do this, the more I gain an appreciation for where you're coming from. And I'm just excited. And taping this episode after we've already taped most of the first season makes me feel all the more encouraged about what we're putting out. So I'm excited. I love you too, Sam. Thanks, man. All right. So the other thing uh, is that being a good bureaucrat means that you're always making sure that you make yourself clear and that nobody can misinterpret you in a way that makes you get fired. So uh, we'll, that. we'll end like a we'll end like a good bureaucrat. The views. Although, are, let me just uh, say, <laughs> if we do get fired, so okay. be it. Well, I'm not asking. I'm not asking to be fired. No. So, but if we get fired, we're going to get fired for the right reason, not the wrong ones. 
I can, yeah, I can live with that. Okay. Um, so we'll end like good bureaucrats. The views expressed here are our personal opinions and do not reflect the official or unofficial position of any government agency, policy, party, leader, or really anyone besides the two of us. And maybe you, but maybe not. This content has not been sponsored or approved by anyone. It was mostly just made because we wanted an opportunity to talk about things that matter to everyone, whether they realize it or not. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.